G'day, Emilio. Hello, mate. Mate, how you doing? Good, how are you? Bloody fantastic. I'm sitting here drinking my jungle juice at this uh, nice little cafe, hoping that the internet holds up for us. <laughs> you sound like you're uh, trying to hide from someone. <laughs> oh, mate, look, I, I am in hiding. I'm in hiding of, um, of everything football. Um, fuck, it's been a... What a what, what a twenty four hours it's been, mate. Yeah, it's been uh, very interesting to say the least. But you know, I'm a little bit relieved. I think it's the uh, I think it's the right outcome, and it's what needed to happen. And um, you know, we've got eleven or ten games left to remain in the season, so we need to look forward to to that now. And move on for for what's happened uh, earlier in the week. When was your breaking point? Oh. The breaking point, there's probably been two situations, I think. I think the realisation set in after after the Sydney game with the coaching. Um, but, you know, I've always tried to stay optimistic and positive about it. But the breaking point was probably, I don't know, probably the North Melbourne game, man. But, you know, since then, because we've been so incredibly poor... The breaking point is just lifted week by week after that, you know. Like it's just, it's just been so hard to watch and um, enjoy what we've been looking so forward to from this group. Um, so to, to be, yeah, the last month has just been horrendous. It's been, it's been a tragic. It's been a disaster. It's been disgraceful. I haven't enjoyed one moment of it. We were pretty sure that 2018 would never happen again, uh, or at least I was. I'm not sure about you. And to see it kind of look like 2018 again is completely unfathomable right now. Yeah, look, it's... Yeah, we didn't really want... We thought last year being the worst season that we've probably ever endured as a, as a supporter, as a member. We're hoping something like that wasn't going to happen again, but hope doesn't get your results, does it? Like, it's, it's based on improvement and development, and that's something that we've really lacked this year, and... The writing's been on the wall, and um, I think we've just papered over the cracks. Papered over the cracks for way too long. So, look, like I said at the start, mate, it was something that needed to happen. It's happened, and now we, we look forward and to see what this list and what David T, especially, you know, he gets a great opportunity now to put his hat in the ring for, for the coaching gig, and let's see what this group is really about because our system and method over the last six weeks has not um, given these players the best opportunity to, to shine and flourish and, and improve for, for what we expected in, uh, in this year. Yeah, well, what do you really... Well, let me take a step back. What did you think of David Teague as the appointment? Did you have someone else in mind? Or are you really not really fast? No, I didn't really have anyone in mind. There wasn't one direct person where I thought to myself, it's got to be him, you know? Um, I think he's probably the obvious choice. You know, there was some pretty big raps about us actually poaching him this year, you know, like I can't recall exactly where he was previously, but yeah, he's been in the system for a while, Um, like I said, there's been some pretty big raps on him, so look, I'm just excited to see what he can produce, you know, because it's a great opportunity for him as well, because if we can win, you know, we we have an okay draw, like if we looked at this draw and we were five and five or whatever it may be, have maybe six wins on our belt, we will be thinking we can at least win another five or potentially potentially win five of these games that are, that are remaining. So, 
if David T can get us in a structure, in a system that can stand up and give these players the kick up the ass they fucking need, um, I'm excited for that. But uh, if it doesn't eventuate to happen, well, what a waste of a 12 months, man. Literally, yeah. literally yeah. what a fucking waste. Well the, well, the reality is, I mean, you can't make... Okay, obviously, sacking bolts is the big circuit breaker that we needed. It was the... I guess it's the, the shock and the kick up the arse. And maybe, you know, these young boys, these young players, now, for the first time in their careers, understand the consequences of not performing. So that's great. Um, but in terms of, you know, from a game point and a playing standpoint, you can't change much in a week. Um, but for you, what, what, what do you want to see this week? What has to change? I mean, we talk about game plan, we talk about structure and whatnot. Well, that's, that's not going to happen this week, but what for you has to happen this week in terms of the way we play? Well, I think, I think, I think a lot can change in a week, Terry. I really do think a lot can change because, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say, why is David D the coach? You know, he's the forward coach. Uh, the forward structure's been shared. But at the end of the day... It's the structure leading up into the forward line. The forward line is the end goal. So, if the whole link in the chain is broken, then the structure in the forward line becomes irrelevant. So, I think David Teague needs to... Change. I think he has to give a lot of these players a reality check. And I think it will be a reality check for some of these players because as the weeks have gone on under bolts, I think the voice has been lost. Uh, I think the confidence is lost. Uh, so it's a time to rejuvenate and, uh, you know, play at a different level under a different system. So I'm not saying the system is going to change dramatically, but there's got to be things put in place that um, stand up into today's game. And the way we move the ball is a serious issue. Um, and that's something that I'm expecting to see change from because under Bolts, what we were doing was not just not happy, but it was borderline unwatchable and disgraceful. So um, I think there will be some changes, man. I, I, I really do think we're a chance to win this week. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think we are. I really do think we are, man, because I've seen this so many times, not just from a cold perspective, you know what I mean? Like a coach gets the sack. Nine times out of ten, they respond, man, because it's a reality check for these players. And it's not just in football, you know I mean? it's, like, it's in all sports, isn't it? They're the Premier League especially. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Like, someone like Paddy Dow, who I've been one of the biggest critics this year, has literally probably been one of the first names on that fucking whiteboard every week. And if David Peake has any accountability and has any mongrel about him, he will not be rewarding players and like Dow a game purely because of what their name is or what their draft pick was. I want to see some accountability in your birth this jumper. You've earned your spot in the side. And someone like Bolts who didn't do that man, you know what I mean? With Pay Dow, he was just expected to play. What message did that send to the other players? I don't need to play well today, I'll be picked next week. I'll wear pick six in the draft or I'm learning, you know what I mean? Like I want to see. That's what I want from this coach or our new coach. What um, do we have any options in the VFL to come in this week? I don't think we really do. Because Setterfield, Kennedy, Lang, they all played. Um, O'Brien, I guess. Yeah. Again, they're probably not players that have 
O'Brien is definitely not one we can reward. Jeff Gallup not one we can reward. But now it comes down to to Teague um, being able to get the best out of these players. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to be looking for. And that, the only way he's going to be able to do that is by changing the structure of the system. Yeah. The way the way we played football for the last six weeks, especially. How can anyone flourish? Your captain, Patrick Cripps, had given up. 100% he had given up. You know what I mean? That's, 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 the, that's, that's, that's the line in the sand moment there. Yeah. Your captain and your best player has given up. He doesn't believe anymore. So we need to make him believe again. And, you know, people say we haven't developed. And that's, 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 that's a failing of, of, the, of our system. You know, the coaches have failed our players to develop. It's not down to Mark Lagudache or Steven Silvani or Robert Walls. It's down to the system and the method of how we play to develop and improve as a club on field. Mate, I cannot wait. To, I cannot wait to be there this week and actually just watch the body language up close. And really, I think we're just going to find out so much about who, who's going to be in this next wave going forward now. Um, yeah, I, I just I just don't see how we cannot. I'm more confident of responding now this week than have been over the last four or five weeks. I said to you earlier in the week, you know, last week before the Essendon game, we're not winning this week. You know what I mean? But people have that perception of we need to respond. It's not going to respond when you're in a rut like that. Now it's fresh. The new, the new tomorrow's a new day. This is a whole new club now. In terms of what we can produce. Yeah. Who do you want to be then? I'm excited for that. Who do you want to be the next coach? Very hard to say, mate. Uh, you know, Mark Lagouche said yesterday, we're looking for, we'll be looking to stick to our plan and who can progress our, you know, improvement and development as players. Now, oh, mate, sorry, I'm going to cut you off there because... Oh, Mark Lagouche. <laughs> No way. Let's go to him after. Sorry, I cut you off. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on him later. Let's yeah. Let's talk about the, the next coach. What what, what do you, you know? Obviously, I'm not asking you to predict who's going to be the next coach, but out of all the candidates that you've seen out there, which one sort of uh, tickles your fancy more than any of the others? It is very hard to say, you know. Like, uh, but if I had to choose one, yep. I'm taking Matt. I'm taking Brett Ratt. Yeah. I think he's got the runs of the board, man. He's uh, done very well at Hawthorne. He's, I think he's done well with what he's been able to do at Secure this year. You know, they've, they've missed a lot of players this year. No, no Dan Hatterbury, McCartan hasn't played. Uh, Jack Stevens had mental health issues. You know, they got one of the worst, worst lists on paper, and they've won. They've managed to win what five or six games, four or five games. Like that's, I'm not saying Brett Ratt is the sole reason to that, but I think he's had a clear influence. You know, if he wasn't there, how much? How much of Secuda of that improvement would we have seen this year? I, I really would question that. The other thing, so I'm, I'm looking for Rats. The other thing with Rats that I like is that if he was to come back and do it, there'd be such a an emotional um, injection. Storyline. Yeah, story. there'd be such an injection of emotion back into the club. And the reality is we are a club that is emotional. That, that, that's, you know, we, we, you know, we're one of those clubs that wears our heart in our sleeves. You know, we have... Great yeah, point. And I think... You know, should he come back? You're right. The storyline, the club champion, you know, the 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 forgiveness, you know, the the um, the redemption, all of that. I think that plays a part. 
Um, I'd love to see him back too. I really would. Um, in terms of, but he's not a, he's not a good he's not a good coaching record too. You know, like 128 in the Carlton, 50, uh, 60 wins, 60 losses, 50 percent. That's pretty good. You know, like obviously we look back in we look back in hindsight now. Yes. We probably got rid of him too early. You know what I mean? We probably made that mistake. You know, if we had the same mindset as the football club they'd had with Bolts, Rat would never have got the sack. Yes. You know yep. what I mean? So. I think um, it's whether he would take the job back and whether the club have the balls to, to, to appoint him. Well, because they have to get this one right. Wherever it's, like, it's more than ever, for the sake of keeping Paddy Cook to the club, the next coach has to be the right one. Um, but we've probably had that same thinking too, man, with the last four, with the last two coaches. You know what I mean? We had to get Mick Moldhouse right. We had to get Brendan Bolton right, you know? Like... And at the time, and this is the thing that annoys me, you know, like, and I know you want to talk about the president, but people, are, a lot of people are directing the hate at Mark Ligudichet and the director of football, Chris Judd. But at that point in time, four years ago, or three and a half years ago, when they appointed Brennan Bolt, he was the right choice. Two years later down the track, I think everyone still would have been satisfied with Brennan Bolt as the right choice. Now, it's proven that when the times, when the crunches, the time has come to the crunch, Brendan Bolton hasn't worked out. But you don't know that at that point in time. And I don't think you can push all the blame on the president and on the people that appointed him. Of course, of course. That's my, that's my point, you know what I mean? Because you don't realise you made the mistake until it's happened. You know what I mean? And it happened with Bolton. The writing was on the wall this year. But the last three years, 90% of people, supporters, members, stakeholders, comment, media, commentary, whoever, would have been satisfied with Bolton. I just want to cast your mind back to you spoke about Brett Ratton and whatnot. We have to remember, and I remember we, you and I were obviously you know, real tight back then watching games and talking about Carlton a lot back then. You, I mean, you obviously haven't forgotten the criticism about him. Not a good game day coach. No plan B. Don't know how to hold a lead. All of this, all of that. And yep. that's why we went and got Nick because it was like, he was the best. It, it was almost as it was almost as if at that time Mick was the Alistair Clarkson of today. The guy who just won a premiership. Yep. He had the best team in the league. They looked like they were going to win multiple premierships with that Collingwood team. Obviously, then Collingwood had their succession plan. So, um, is is it enough? I think it's it could be a bit too much of a risk to bring Rats back in, in that sense because we had you know, such a criticism of him. You know what, though, I mean, those things that we'd spoken about many years ago was no plan B, couldn't hold a lead. You know what I mean? If they were Bolts' fault today, we'd be still working with him because you can fix those things. The problem is with Bolts is you couldn't fix the things that he had problems. We had no game plan. So you look back at Richmond, back all those years ago when they had under severe pressure, you could nearly compare Dimar to Rats. Dimar, you know, couldn't hold a lead, would throw games away. But at least they were still winning games of football. Carlton haven't been winning games of football now in the box. So Richard made the smart decision to stick fat with Dimar and fix the problems they had because they were repairable. Now, we look back, the things that were prob- the problem with Rats, they were repairable. We could fix those problems. But we as a club didn't make the right decision in terms of backing him instead of sacking him. Right, right. Yeah, fair point. That's a fair point. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, that's why I think Rats is still a very strong option, mate. I really do, because 
again, we look back and we should have kept him. We should never have got rid of him, man. But that's why the board have to come under scrutiny because they made the choice to go after Sakim. They made the choice to go after uh, Malthouse. They made the choice to sack Malthouse. They made the choice to go and get Bolton. Yeah, so refresh my memory. Was Mark Mark Lajudice, was he the president of Carlton at the time that Ratton got sacked and Malthouse was appointed? He was appointed president in... He was on the board... In, from February 2010, he became vice president 2013, and he became president 2014. Yeah. So he was on the board, part of the decision-making process. Uh, when did Rats get sacked? It was before. It was 2011. It was 2012. End of 2012. Uh, the was vice president. Yeah. And Sticks was on. So he's on the board. Yeah. He was part of the. He was part of the decision-making. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think everyone just wants to pop the bloke. I, I'm not for or against him, you know what I mean? I just think I just think everyone wants to pop the bloke. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like, I don't think our off-field problems are, are, are the issue here. The off-field aren't the issue. It's the off-field. It was down to our gameplay, man. You know what I mean? Put it this way. A lot of people want to compare us with, with Brisbane. If, if Brendan Bolton was coaching Brisbane, I'm just talking real left field here, if Brisbane, if, if Brendan Bolt was coaching Brisbane and they were one and ten right now, the and, and Bolt just got sacked from Brisbane, who would they be pointing the finger at? They'd be pointing the finger at the list manager. They'd be pointing the finger at the at the president, at the board, making the decisions. But ultimately, it comes down to the way we played on game day, man. It was not good enough. It didn't stand up. It wasn't just poor. It was deplorable. It was embarrassing. It was disgusting. Yes. And that's you know, and it's, you know it's, what I mean? the, it's the appointment of the coach. We I think we realised. Yeah, but the appointment of the coach at that point in time was the right option. Yeah, okay, but we're when judging we it now that we know. Shot, we're judging it now that we know. We're judging it now that we know it was the wrong yeah, choice. And I don't think I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether that accountability is, falls on on the judiciary. I, I just don't know whether they, they I don't know whether I I don't know whether I agree with that or not. To. Maybe it does. Maybe you're right. Because they believed in the long term plan that he would get it right eventually, and they and now we know that they were wrong. What we what we've realised from this whole experience is Bolton is not head coach material. Bolton is elite assistant coach material. I think that's what we've realised out, out yeah. of this. And they they, so they if, made a claim and if, they got it wrong. And that's yep. okay. They got it wrong. So, yeah. So then, okay, if, if if I'm part of the board, or, uh, um, okay, well, do you have the faith in the football club, the board, to make the right appointment for the next no, coach? I don't. Okay, well, then he's got to go. No, I don't. I don't have the faith. Yep. Yeah. So then, 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 yes, he has to go, you know what I mean? If they've made the wrong decision um, in the past, and obviously four years down the track or three and a half years down the track that's been recognised and then are we still going to be as members trusting these same people to make the right decision in the best interest of the football club if the trust isn't there well then the, the right people need to make the decisions also there's the other point when they <laughs> when they actually went and got Bolton do you remember they hired the external auditor they pay they pay this consultant a couple of hundred grand yeah 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 what the fuck, what yeah. The fuck was that all about well, yeah, you know, it's funny too, you know, I heard on SEN yesterday that apparently, obviously, Le Judice, uh is the president, 
but I think he's also the person who sits on like he's like the act the person who sits on the chair on the board who makes all the decisions as well. You know what I mean? So there's no like it's just basically his decision. Exactly right, it is. That that's that's the role. That's yeah. the role of president. Absolutely, it is. Um, so he needs to be challenged. He needs he position needs to be challenged. He needs to be challenged. He does. And look, I mean, that's a tough role being president. And so I want to show a lot of respect to him. But at the end of the day, it's not like he's made. It's not like his board has made one wrong decision in five years. And I'm sorry, but he can't hide behind the whole. We said we were going to go to the draft, and we did. Of course we were going to go to the draft. We had no other fucking option. He didn't pick the players that we drafted. He can't take credit for that. Um, yeah. What he, what he is directly responsible for is sacking Ratten, appointing Malthouse, sacking Malthouse, appointing Bolton. Directly responsible for that. Yeah, well, I, think, I think Kernahan was a big factor into the Malthouse appointment. I think he was the one that drove that bus, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was Kernahan. I think it was also part of the last. Um, that was probably the last moment of the old school Carlton mentality. You know, go get the big fish. Yeah. What's What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts about the heat that Silvani first won Silvani and secondly Judd? Uh, Silvani, it's a bit it's a bit harsh because, and you know, you and I speak speak about this a bit. It's a bit harsh because his role is to go and get. The talent in, it's a bit, it, it's split for me in terms of the the kids he's drafted. I'll give him a tick for now, but we're not going to know until maybe three years from this moment. Um, but in ter- yeah. but in terms of the mature age recruits, I'm trying to think which ones have been successful. Um, yeah, okay. Which which ones which ones have actually cost us in terms of picks? You know what I mean. The only one I can really think of that we're probably really overpaid for would be Matt Kennedy. Oh, my God. He was... What's with him falling over and not being able to stick a fucking tackle? What is wrong with him? He's, he's a bum, bro. He's a bum. Like, he's no good, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm expecting from David Teague. Some ruthlessness. Mm. Some accountability with mm. the selection. Oh, I don't blame Sloss at all, man. He, again, he's just a scapegoat, bro. If he was... If our list manager was somebody that nobody knew the fucking name of, no one would be saying a thing. You know what I mean? It's just, I can't stand the external noises, bro, from people that have no idea, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like when the election's on, and you scroll through Facebook, and you see people preaching, why did you, why did we, why did we vote for Liberal? You know what I mean? Or, the state of origin pops around, and someone's talking about the, the New South Wales-Queensland game, and then you don't hear us speak about it ever again. People that are speaking about Scott now won't even be speaking about him ever again. You know what I mean? It's because it's the narrative right now. People love to jump on board and stick their tooth in there. You know what I mean? And the media drives that. Yeah, people love to feel like what they're saying, you know, it has some sort of insight. And I think also for us, you know, we're a very emotional club. We're a very emotional fan base. And right now everything's very sensitive. And so as soon as we can think of one reason to figure out what went wrong and we can point to it, you know, we just jump on it. And so I think there's a little bit of that. But it just gets, uh, gets expanded on way too much, man. It just, it really just, yeah, it really itches me, man. It just does my head. Man, I had, a bloke, I had a bloke, one of the guys commenting on the post during the week saying, we've got to clean out the list again. What the fuck are you talking about, mate? Clean the list? Like, as in, yeah. as in, as in, as in, get rid of the, the, the draft picks that we've drafted in the last four years. What the fuck are you, like, some of the things people say really, yeah, you know, really gets to me. But, you know, everyone, 
everyone mourns, everyone reacts in their own ways, and that's great and all. Um, but yeah, some people just think they're hilarious. But just back onto the just back onto the sauce scenario, you know what I mean? A lot of these players that we got from GWS, obviously, he had a connection there, and he probably he might have overrated some of them. Clearly, overrated some. Mm-hmm. I always say probably. But a lot of them, too, that we got in, A, we didn't pay much, and B, we had the plan in bottom it out, and we needed to fill some holes, you know what I mean? We needed to fill some holes. It was not like we ever picked up any of these blokes with the envision of them being 200-plus games for our club. Yeah, it was just more of a hope. It was just more of a hope. It was was like, if we can get, you know, a few little golden nuggets out of this group, then great. Yeah, so at the end of the day, with the elite talent that we've brought in, Jacob Weary, Zach Fisher, Petresky C. You can't call them Paddy elite Dow, talent, You can't call, you can't call no, Fisher and No, you can't. I agree. I agree. I agree. But that's where I was saying previously, the club has failed those players mm-hmm. because we haven't set up the system to let them flourish. And that's what the test is going to be for David Teague and whoever the new coach is going to be. So within the next 18 to 36 months, we're going to know whether Sauce has done his job or not. Yeah. Well, Simple as that. Well, I mean, yeah. for me, this can't be the end of the... Um, of the carnage like there has to be at least two or three of the assistant coaches that cop it as well because we're talking about people that when, when Bolt was appointed the, the rarity of it all was no you don't get to bring your team because we've locked in Stanton Amos Bruce on long term deals already and he didn't get to bring his own team in so these guys have had their chance to work with these young players of ours that are now in the system in their third year in their fourth year and I'm sorry but haven't seen enough development from them considering how many yeah, games they've played. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll with you on that. But if a new coach is coming in, um, I don't think a new coach is coming in without bringing his own assistant coaches in, you know what I mean? Good. Bolts, Bolts, really, Bolts probably just wanted to take the job at the time, go, I'll take the job, or I'm going to give you assistant coaches. But if we're going to be bringing someone experienced and someone who's been in the system, I don't think he's going to be dictated to by the football club on who his assistants are, you know, who is he going to be. It has to be someone that's coached before at the like, senior coach level, surely. Surely. has to be, man. It has to be someone has to that's be, man. Yeah. So that's, that, for me, tells me it's we're looking at Ratten Voss, Ross Lyon. I can't think of... I mean, I don't think Longmire's going to... I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably one of those three. If we're being... Yeah. If, if we're, look, if we're being real about it right now, they're the three that have actually... Coached at the at the top level for a couple of years, all of them different journeys. Obviously, um, if anything, Ross Lyon probably has the, the game plan that's similar to what uh, sorry sustainable. the situation sustainable. Yeah, sustainable, and he also has the situation similar to now in in that we've got solid key position players. He's basically got Nat Fife, you know, five or six years ago in Paddy Cripps, and I, I mean I, I love the idea of Ross the boss coming in and you know, changing things up. But that's a bit of a pipe dream too because he is contracted and they could just easily extend him. Well, he's only got one year left. Oh, really? Ross. Yeah, he's only got one year left, man. Mate, he's... Wow. So, we've got to go after him. Yeah. We've got to go after him. There's the one. Yeah, we'd be silly, man. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, uh, I have, I'm not sold on Brad Scott because, as like Mark say said yesterday, we need a coach who's going to develop our kids. I can't say I've seen Brad Scott develop too many kids. Yep. I love him as... I love him as he's a very hard-line coach, won't put up with shit, will make these players accountable. But in terms of development and system, is probably where I'm a little bit up in the air about 
but I, I do love the idea, Rosslyn. I don't know if you've seen the story today where your mate, where your good mate, what's his name, but Kane Corns, is uh, <laughs> is preaching Ken Hinckley. Carlton are going going to have a chat with Ken Hinckley apparently. <laughs> what do you what do you think about that? Well, you got to stop having copies with Kane Corns, mate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really appreciate one of my good mates hanging out with such a fucking flog. What, mate, I was hanging out with Chad, not Kane. Let's just get it clear. <laughs> I was just trying to raise you. Just trying to raise you, mate. Just you know, it was funny because no. you know, it was funny. Like on the bus, on the on the, uh, on the team bus, the player bus back from the game. I mean, I'm am sitting at the very front, and Chad Corns is sitting like in the seats next to me. And I mean, I, I don't really talk to anyone unless I'm spoken to, kind of thing. And they were obviously yeah. Tom Rockliffe was behind me, and you know they were checking the scores. And Chad Corns gave a little snicker. He's like, oh, Carlton nearly scored 33 points," and uh, fucking the antenna went up, and I did not let him elaborate <laughs> one bit. <laughs> uh, you fucking know your face, mate. I, I watched him do his hamstring the day before. The fucking old man that he is. Um, did you hear about that? I actually seen that clip. Oh, yeah, I actually seen the clip on Facebook yesterday. Bro, I can't explain to you how funny it was. Like the whole ground was crying with laughter. Yeah, they got it on video, bro. They actually see the moment he twings it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he started snickering, and then, and then, um, yeah, and then Tom Rockliffe started talking about how he, you know, he's like, you know, Bolt has got to go. It's going to be next week, and then he's like, I feel so sorry for Crips, and then, yeah, I didn't let the conversation. The, play, the players were saying that. Yeah, Rockliffe. Yeah, 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 straight up. Yeah, right. Straight up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, mate, at the end of the day, they're footy fans too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just, just, to go, but just, to go, just to go back onto the uh, poaching uh, scenario, I don't know if you know what Paul Roos said last night on the couch about how Carlson needs to be different. Yeah. Because if you look at our last four appointments, obviously Dennis Pagan, Brett Ratton, so old, new, Maltas, old, Bolts, new. I'm actually really down for the idea of... of an experience and maybe a young, you know what I mean? Or having a tandem type. I'm, I'm all for being open to something different. I'm all for it. I know Paul Roos isn't going to coach, but and he's not going to work six, seven days a week at a football club, you know what I mean? But if, if we could get someone like a Paul Roos type, I don't know who's out there, you know what I mean, to be involved in some way... You know, then I'm happy for a newer guy. Like, there's pretty big raps on some of the some of the assistant coaches getting around, like Gary Hockney, uh, Robert Harvey. You know, guys that have been around for a long time and got some good credentials next to the name. It's such a tough decision, man. It's such a tough decision. What about if you put Voss with Ruse? I don't think Ruse. As in, wants to in be the, involved in the, on a full on a full time basis, man. Yeah, I'm not saying on a full time basis. I'm saying Voss. With Ruse as a maybe a game day, twice a week at the club type uh, consultant. Well, what I gathered from Paul Ruse yesterday was he is very passionate about leadership and mentoring, man. So if you can maybe fill that role with the boss, yeah, for sure, man. Like it's just it more comes down to it more comes down to Paul Ruse. But if we could have Paul Ruse, I still wouldn't have Boss as my number one pick. Okay, I understand. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, if we can... If, look, if, if Carl not fucking ringing the phone tomorrow or today after watching on the couch last night, they're not doing their fucking job properly. Yeah, He's basically saying, I am happy to do a leadership mentor role. I don't want to coach. Simply, I don't want to coach. Not an option. 
Yeah, he, he makes, wants to, he's happy to do the mental leadership role. He he's like, he's just very clear, man. You know what I mean? Because it comes down to his family, man. He didn't want to coach when he wanted to coach when he went to Melbourne. So I think the big factor there for him, it wasn't about money. It was about his family, yeah, and his missus and all that type of stuff of him working full-time and being back in that industry. And I think when he took that Melbourne job, he said, this is it for me. That's the last one. So you're in a relationship, man. You know with your girlfriend, man, if you say something, and then she lets you get away with it, there's no going back, you know what I mean? So there's no going back for Paul Roos on a full-time basis. Yeah, 100%. I, <laughs> the way I listened to it, he was, he, yeah, what, what you just said. He, he's interested in doing something um, if he gets approached in a leadership way. And that therein lies the, the, you know, the possibility of creating some sort of different setup where we have a, you know, maybe a new assistant coach with Ruse just there to have a chat with him in the background. Because Ruse, I, I, I love Mondays when they talk Carlton. I love listening to him talk. Yeah, man. He's, 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 he's a breath. Even on his commentary on game day, man, he's just a fresher breath there, you know. Like, he really understands the game. He really understands it. Yeah. Fuck, it's something, it's something what we're lacking, Carlton, man. We're really lacking that department. What is, what, what, okay, what is a salvageable season? What would be for you between now and the end of the year? What, what would give you some sort of satisfaction going into the off-season? Uh, we need to win four to five games. We need to show something, man. I'll be so disappointed if things continue, like, or even if there's only a slight improvement, you know what I mean? Like, we need to win some games and be competitive. Like, I don't want to have any more games where it's quarter time and I'm thinking to myself, I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> that can't happen. It just can't happen, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see a style of football that's going to keep us excited. If we were playing exciting football every week and still losing, we can deal with that. You know what I mean? The Collingwood loss, yes, we'd only set honourable losses, but the way we play that day, like, if we play like that every week, Bolts would be out of a job, bro. Yeah. Um, so, we have to have hope going into the pre-season, man. We can't, have the, we can't finish the season the way it's been going all year. It just can't happen. So, it's about how we play, winning maybe three to five games, that'll solve you something and give me belief going into next year. How much do we win by this week? <laughs> uh, I'd love for us to win, man. I'd love for us to win. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think Brisbane are more vulnerable on the road. I think they're a very good home team. I think they're going to be gettable this week. Depends on how we play. But if we're going to win, it's not going to be any more, any more, by the, any more than two goals. So I'll say eight points. Mate, the Prince of Carlton is returning home to give the boys the much-needed spirit that they've been missing. We're going to be winning this week by 22 points. <laughs> but I, I, I can already just see there's going to be a completely different Patrick Cripps this week, man. Regardless of how good their relationship was and how well they got along and, you know, all that type of stuff, we're seeing a different Patrick Cripps this week. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No doubt so, about it. Gee, imagine how much Doc's burning right now that he can't play. I mean, obviously he's burning, but, like, now he's just the, oh, the crunch time. How would you how would you rate Patrick Cruz's season compared to last? As in, at this point compared? Yeah, at this point, overall this season to what overall he was last season. Oh, I mean, I, I don't think he's. I think it's. I mean, you can call it a plateau. You can call it whatever. But you've got to remember, it's very hard to do that because he wasn't captain last year. Cap, the first year of captaincy, Scott Pendlebury talks about it. 
all the time. Your first year of captaincy. Trent Cochin talks about it all the time. Your first year of captaincy is a different ball game, bro. You're going to have uh, a plateau because you're, you're mentally, your preparation week to week is completely different when you're captain. Yeah, but he was a captain for a fair part last year. Yeah, but he was standing Cotch- captain. Cotch- Murph was still doing all the meetings and all of that stuff, you know? Yeah, I know Cochin and Penelbury speak about that, but... I look at Patrick Cripps and I just think he's a born leader, you know what I mean? Like, we can look at someone like Penelope now, you know, when he was appointed, was he really someone who was born to do it? I think he's evolved into that role really, really well, you know? But maybe you're right, maybe it is a fair point, but I just thought, I just don't think we've seen the best of Patrick Cripps this year. I really don't. No, we haven't. No, 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 we absolutely haven't. And it's going to be interesting when Doc comes back because I think that's going to give him a lot. That's that, that, I really like this co-captain appointment, the two of them. I really, really do. I'm, I'm a big yep. fan of it. I think it's going to help them both out. I think Doc's form is going to take a little bit of a bit of time to get back, but in the meantime, Cripps will be able to just you know play more footy and focus less on talking, maybe. Because I think Doc's more the speaker, and Cripps is more the doer. Yeah, yeah. Doc he speaks really well, doesn't he? Yeah. He's watching, you, watching, you, watching you speak yesterday, man. Like all I said to myself was. Fuck, I really hope he comes back the same player. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Uh, I'll, just be shattered. I'll just be shattered, man, if he never plays again or never, you know what I mean, has another injury. Like, it's heartbreaking, bro. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. one because we're going we're gonna to get the hope back again at some point. And, um, and then if it's to be taken away like it was again, uh, it's gut-wrenching. Two years out of the game is a fucking long time, bro. A very, very long time. Very long time. Uh, the only thing is he's, he, he will understand the game so much better. Being, and he's the ultimate professional. And he's the ultimate professional. Yeah, exactly right. Um, mate, thanks for coming on. I've got to go get a, my eyebrows threaded. Got an appointment. <laughs> he would. <laughs> I will uh, speak to you on the other Always side. Always a pleasure. Love it. Always mate. a pleasure, my friend. I'll speak go, to you soon, brother. Go the blue boys. Catch you, mate.